going on, everybody? This is Nick with Vantage Point Podcast, and just want to welcome you again to another week. Um, whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, always a joy to have you here. And like always, just want to remind you, especially for my Apple Podcast listeners, make sure to like, subscribe, send us a review, tell us how we're doing, how how have the series impacted you? Would love to hear from you. And um, so, if you've been with us the last few weeks, we've been in an amazing uh, series called father figures. And this was something that God really put on my heart to dive into. And and just to give you a little more backstory, it actually started as a parenting series when it was first given to me and has now evolved into uh, specifically focused on fathers. And so just invite you to go back and get um, some of the, the last episodes we had. The first two we talked about God as a father, we talked about lessons learned, and then we've had some amazing guests, and it is my honor. I get to bring another awesome guest for week six, um, someone who I know and have um, been under his leadership and under his ministry uh, for a while, and so I want to introduce to the Vantage Point family, Pastor Jerry McQuay of Christian Life Center in Tinley Park, Illinois. And if you're in the Chicago area, there you go. You got a nice little, nice church that you can visit and check out. They're an amazing ministry. And so I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Jerry and let him tell you a little bit about himself. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure to be with you. I'm, uh, the honor is mine. Um, my wife and I have been married for 47 years now and uh, spent all of those years in ministry. Uh, Moved to Chicagoland 31 years ago to um, start Christian Life Center. We, we're just past our 30th anniversary as a church. And uh, we have three children, uh, all adults now. My, my, my youngest will turn 36 tomorrow, so that's making wow. me feel pretty old. Uh, that's my son, Brent, who is uh, our executive pastor at the church. Uh, my daughter, Jen, is our missions pastor, uh, probably has been to more countries overseas, I think, than I have <laughs> through the years. And then my oldest son is a uh, television producer in New York City, um, and uh, he is uh, engaged to be married. So it's, uh, it's a fun time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I don't, I, I, obviously I know Brent and Jen, but I don't, your oldest, I had no idea that he was uh, a television producer, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And so definitely again, honored to have you here, uh, Pastor Jerry. And so a lot to unpack, a lot to really get into. And so first off, I, I really want to start off with um, your journey, your um, own kind of experiences, whether it's with your father or any other fatherly examples you've had in your lifetime, and really just talk through just how do you feel that those um, experiences have shaped you as a dad, and and um, and even further than that. So just expound on that a little bit for us. Okay, um, you know, knowing what I know now, I think uh, I was probably an oops baby. Uh, <laughs> My, I'm, I'm, I always knew, of course, I was the baby of the family, but I was considerably younger than I think the, the brother that was closest to me was about seven years older than me. Okay. And um, by the time I came along, my dad was, was uh, definitely older. And uh, I think uh, he was a, a truck driver by profession. And I think most of my memories are that he would come home from work, uh, just exhausted, wiped out or whatever. And would uh, sit down on his recliner and uh, 
watch television till time for dinner. And then after dinner, it was back to his recliner and he didn't, he didn't do anything around the house. He was not a, I, I assume he was not a handyman because he never did, uh, never did repair things. Wasn't an auto mechanic or anything. And uh, unfortunately that, that got handed down to me too. You know, I didn't ever see him doing anything. So I never learned to, uh, you know, to do anything. And uh, uh, even, even as far as, uh, uh, you know, sports activities. And that's, you know, I hear guys talking about my dad made every game and all that. That really wasn't my experience. Um, I think we would probably refer to him as an emotionally absent uh, father. Uh, really wasn't uh, so much a part of my life in that sense of the word. Wasn't a bad man, wasn't abusive in any way. I had a, I had a, a you know, happy childhood and all of that. Don't have any complaints. But it wasn't until probably, oh, I would guess maybe 10 or 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that. But at any rate, at CLC, we did a, um, a semester uh, study with our guys called Men's Fraternity. I don't know if that was during the time that you were with us or not, but mm -hmm. uh, Robert Lewis uh, was the uh, author and, and the teacher of that course. And uh, uh it really, there were several lessons in that that talked about the influence of our of our parents and how many guys had been wounded as a result of an absent father or an emotionally absent father and and a, a mother wound. Maybe she was too involved to compensate for, for the father. And uh, uh, I would come home from those sessions with our guys and, and tell Chris, my wife, you know, babe, you know, I, I never knew this, but I can see me and I, I can see my dad's influence in me or whatever. <laughs> and she would look at me and say, you just now figuring that out. <laughs> you know? So it was, uh, it was an eye opener in a lot of ways uh, of why I do things the way I do them, you know, was a, mm -hmm. I think a, a direct result of, of his influence in my life. So. Oh yeah. And I, I know I, I talked a little bit about that or similarly in the first episode of the series around my own experiences, like the wake up call you get when you, you didn't really think anything was like, Oh, wow, that that's why I do that. Or that's why I don't do that or in those exactly. things. And so I know even for me, it was just this eye opener as I got older. And then as I became a dad and my kids got older and I could remember these things or, you know, why I love something so much like video games, for instance. And that was something, even though my dad was not um, in my life a whole lot and still isn't, but the moment he was, that was something that we did connect on um, uh. with video games. And so now I'm an adult playing video games with my children. And, and so it's just this, you know, thing that to do. And then sports for me was a complete opposite. It had nothing to do with him other than, sports was an outlet to the emotion negative emotions that i felt toward him so I, sports kind of became that therapy for me uh, as gotcha. i grew up so definitely awesome uh hearing that and so you you talked about kind of these experiences and and realizing kind of having these revelations and so i'm curious you know you talked about your three children are now adults and when you think back on kind of them growing up and all those things do you, did you see any of those influences correlate there or did you see or what changes did you try to make or you know what I'm definitely not going to do that but I'm going to try to do this or to do this and so how did your own children kind of begin to shape you too as a dad yeah I think uh I think I did uh repeat some of the same mistakes if you want to call it that uh although 
even now having after having studied you know uh, learning about his influence in my life i wouldn't necessarily say it was it was his influence being repeated maybe i just don't understand things and psychologists would tell me that's exactly what it was but uh, in my case uh, i was a a young pastor when when our firstborn came uh, i was on staff i was the youth pastor of a, of a church in the detroit area and uh, that only, uh, I think by the time he was maybe a year old, uh, I became a, a senior pastor of, of a church of my own in, uh, in the Flint, Michigan area. And, uh, and so here I am at, uh, I think I was 24 when I first became a senior pastor or whatever. And, you know, I just, I was going to change the world. I was going to build a successful church and show everyone that I could do it. And, uh, and I did that to the neglect of, of my children, really. You know, I was, um, it wasn't anything intentional, but, I, you know, for instance, I was, I would teach home Bible studies probably four nights a week or something, four or five nights a week. And I was, so I was away from my family. And uh, by the time I got home, they were already in bed. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't uh, as active in their lives. I've told younger ministers now as a, as a pastor, whenever I'm, uh, mentoring or, or helping them that that's that's my number one greatest regret about my ministry is is how I really wasn't there for my kids when they were younger by the time our third child came along um, you know it was a little more it was a little different with him I probably was more involved in his life than I'd been in the first two but um, but I've definitely seen uh, the error of my way I guess you would say and wished I could get those years back and, and uh, re redo some things there. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I know we, uh, and thank you for that. We we talked about that last week with Pastor Tony around kind of this, um, I don't know if we want to call them mistakes or or lesson learned or however we, we phrase it, but kind of that reflection back of, man, you know, I was, my priorities were different. I, I know he even yeah. used the word selfish at one point around just kind of, I was still 20 in my twenties trying to figure out myself and what I wanted to do. And now, you know, having to figure myself out and someone else and how to balance the two. And so I think that's, that's so key. And, and I know in my own walk and having children, there's been those moments of priority where it shifted and I, you know, going with, I'm going to go with what God wants me to do. And, then I was like, well, wait a minute, what about, and, and just didn't really a rely on him to help me navigate that. And then two, learning what priorities meant. And, and I think now hindsight as they're older, and I think even the way you said around, you know, by, by Brent, it was, you know what, I've made these adjustments and now I'm more involved here than I was with my previous two children. And so um, I think that's something that a lot of listeners who, who are dads can relate to, especially with multiple children. It's, you know, and we talked about this commercial when you see the, the, the mom or she's at the, she's with her first child born and she's just, you know, uh, very careful and very this and very intentional by the third one. She's changed her mindset so much because there's some comfort there. Sure. But as well as being able to identify those things, I think is so key. And so, you know, now we know, you know, your children are adults. And so right. now you are parenting adults. Um, and then you also have grandchildren. So you are in a way. So this is something that I know nothing about because I don't have grandchildren. But I've I've had my own experiences with my grandfather. And 
it's like a whole different ball game when you're with granddad. It's like he's he's dad, but he's not really dad. He's kind of like, you know, you got to get away with a little bit and you learn a lot, but you kind of, it's like, that's the fun time. Like, you know, dad sometimes are, you can't really get away with anything. And, but granddad, it's like, you know what? I, I love going with granddad. I've always, those are some of my best memories with, with my grandfather. And so kind of a twofold question, um, wondering how have you adjusted or how has it been um, to parent adults now? And then also how has it been to watch your uh, son Brent with his children and, and evolve himself as a dad and what, and kind of how that dynamic has, 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 you know, kind of your experiences with that. Okay. I think, uh, first of all, with all three of them, uh, I'm, I'm more of a, uh, a resource, maybe you would say in their lives, uh, instead of, uh, you know, me, uh, imposing on them or, you know, telling them what they should do. Uh, I, I just, I think that doesn't work with, with adults. And so uh, it's more a matter of I'm here if they have questions or if they need some uh, encouragement or some challenge or whatever. So I, I'm, I'm, the, I'm available to them, let's put it that way. Uh, and, and that seems, I think we have a better relationship. I think I could honestly say now than I've ever had, you know, with, with all three of them. Um, and then uh, when it comes to the grandkids, I mean, uh, it it is the best. It's it's whatever you've you've heard the old saying about if I'd known it'd be this much fun, I would have started with them first, you know. <laughs> and uh, it it really it really has been. Uh, we we have a total of five. Uh, Brent has given us. Uh, he was he was our youngest, but he was the first one of our kids to get married and the first one to give us grandchildren. And then uh, Chad has twins actually from okay. his first marriage. Um, they are, and, and it's a boy and a girl. So it's, it's like the ideal dream, I guess, if you're only going to have two children, you get one of each. And uh, yeah, for sure. uh, I don't get to see them as often since they live in New York. Uh, and so uh, we, we only get to be around them usually a couple of times a year, but, uh, but they're a lot of fun. The other three that are growing up right here around us, I'm, we see them every week or, you know, they're over for dinner, usually one night a week, or we're doing something together. But uh, just a just a real joy. They're all different. Uh, everything that I'd ever heard and even taught as a pastor in in generalities, uh, you know, it's all true. I mean, we the the three kids with Brent uh, are uh, each one of them is different as night from day, but uh, but each have their unique personalities, and, and we're just enjoying watching them grow up. Oh yeah, and um, I um, I follow Brent on social media. And so I get to see kind of from afar, just his journey. And I, I think I, it's one thing that stood out and I think his wife's soul was on vacation or something. She was out of town maybe. And he pretty much was running the show for a good week. And I kind of felt like his daughter was really running him while he was running the show at least. That's, you know, that's I, very likely. Yeah. His daughter would run the whole household. You know? Yeah. And I think he was at the park every day and he really wasn't planning on being at the park every day, but yeah. that's where he was nonetheless. And so it's been a, a journey to watch kind of wow. from my purview. And then obviously seeing yourself and, and I've been around uh, you both a little bit. And, and so awesome to see that growth and, and all of that. And so thank you for sharing that for sure. sure. Um, and so one thing I want, and this is something that I know personally, because I've been under your leadership and y how you raise leaders as a spiritual dad. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've, you know, this is something where it's not, I watched it 
or someone told me about it, I was part of it firsthand. And so I, I, I you know, have a, a little bit of forethought in it, but I'm just curious, you know, how, how do you go, you know, how do you handle that task? Cause sometimes that's not, Hey, it's not an easy task. Cause now it's a, it's a little bit bigger uh, stakes when it comes to ministry and, and winning souls and, and sustaining souls really. Um, and so just curious on your journey with, with being that spiritual leader, that apostle, apostle, um, and developing leaders in ministry, um, from a dad perspective. Yeah, I think, uh, for, for one thing, even through the years, uh, and it probably just goes with the, the, the call to be a pastor. I don't, I don't think I'm that unique, but, um, it was, it was like God would, would show you people, um, just just have a sense about them that uh, that they were called to ministry that there was there was something that that I could do and and uh, surprising to me was in several of those instances they had not recognized it themselves and and so uh, I can remember you know taking guys to breakfast and saying hey you know have you ever you ever considered ministry I, I see the hand of God on you I feel like there's there's something there for your future and uh, and have several of them uh, be full-time pastors now you know leading churches of their own uh, it's been really really gratifying and the this it's not strange it's it's that same principle that we talk about with robert lewis i guess and, and men's fraternity but when i look back um when i was uh, probably 15 years old i guess uh, uh and still in high school my own pastor uh, had me at his home one night, it, me and another another young man in the church w- over for dinner. And in the course of conversation, he just very nonchalantly said, uh, have Have you ever thought about ministry? You know, and at that point, I certainly hadn't, you know, it was, uh, no, you know, but, but the seed was kind of planted there. And then just a few months later, the, the denomination that I grew up in, uh, there were two churches of that denomination in the town that I grew up in and the pastor of the other church, not the one that I attended, um, came up to me on the last night of a youth camp that I was attending and uh, gave me a big bear hug. And, and while he was hugging me, he said, Jerry, I just want you to know I've been watching you this week. This was the last night of the camp, which I thought, Oh, that's strange. And he <laughs> said, I just, I just want you to know God can use young men like you. Well, that was, uh, that was over 50 years ago. Wow. And I wow. still remember the conversation and how it changed my life. You know, that, mm-hmm. that was, I think it was just a, a month or two after my pastor had asked that question of me. And mm-hmm. so that summer, 15 years old, which to me sounds ridiculous now, what a 15 year old would possibly have to tell anybody. But, uh, but I started preaching. I preached my first sermon at the age of 15. Wow. Uh, kind of as a result of those influences. And so I've, it's come full circle for me now. That's where I was headed, that I've had the opportunity to do that for, for several men through the years. But probably probably about 10 years or so ago, uh, it really became, uh, it's like the most important thing that I do. It's it's the most, I guess, I guess when I got in my 50s, I realized I'm not going to be around forever. I'm not always going to have this opportunity. And so I need to be pouring myself into younger men that can carry forth with their own ministries. And so uh, now I, I make that more mm-hmm. part of what we do. And I, I, I think I could safely say that I find more joy now in seeing them flourish 
than I do in say preaching to a large crowd or something of my own. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's more a matter of what I can do to help raise up other guys. That's what we do. My wife and I, well, not this year with COVID, but in, Mm -hmm. in previous years, we do a lot of international ministry and it's almost always pastors conferences and things of that nature where we can work with younger men coming up and try to help influence them. And that's really where I find great joy. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I do definitely remember the, the journeys of, of you and pastor, the travels of you and pastor Chris and the multiple flights and reading the blog. And I'm, I'm just like, Oh man, they, they made it, they made it yeah. several times and the conferences. And, and like I said, I, I, you know, hearing your story about how your pastor came to you um, almost somewhat reminds me of when you came to me um and i if i remember correctly i was just sitting on on we were just sitting in service and you just kind of leaned over and hey have you you know do you feel like you're called to ministry no <laughs> i was like no <laughs> why Who, what have you heard you know? yeah. and I, I really feel like the rest is history and and i've grown and and, and learned and grown some more and learned some more and learned a lot more and, and grown. And, um, you know, I don't often look at this podcast as a ministry, but I guess it in a way is, well, sure. um, and you know, the things that, you know, and like I said, I'm, we talked about this before, but even in that, my last series, I mentioned just, you know, without your seed being planted and your, you know, that your watering of that seed and giving opportunities, I don't know that we'd be sitting here, um, in September of 2020, and this was almost 11 years ago now, um, to be sitting here interviewing you on, on my podcast. I don't know that that would have happened. And so when I, when I said, for those that are listening, when I say firsthand, this, this is who I was talking about last series. This is pastor Jerry who, who planted that seed in me. And I had to overcome my own thoughts, um, and, and struggles with not only with myself, but just my own insecurity of, of what I could do and what I was capable of. And so, um, just hearing that and seeing it. And I know a lot of the fruits of that labor, when you talk about spiritual growth and, and development in young men and young leaders, I, you know, I still am connected with several of them and we talk and we reminisce about those consumed student ministry days and, and um, fun times at all when we were still trying to relive our youth with a bunch of teens and <laughs> run around and play basketball and dodgeball and, and, preach to them and just tell them that God loves them, even though they feel like no one else in the world does. Um, but it, it was an amazing journey. And so I, again, thank you for sharing that. And so kind of as you transition, um, we transitioned to kind of the, the tail end of the episode, you know, we talked a lot about, talked about parenting, talked about spiritual parenting. And so I'm going to take the last question. I'm going to make it a twofold kind of a question and they may go, they may coincide with each other, but we'll see. And so, you were, you know, talking about advice for dads. It's something we've done at the end of every episode um, in this series around what advice would you give uh, to a new dad, a new minister? Um, and so I'm, I'm curious for the one, for the, on the one side, you know, a brand new dad or just found out he's going to be a dad. His wife told him, Hey, I'm, I'm about to be a dad. And that scares the living crap out of me because quite honestly, it, it probably scares just if you, if you're about to be a dad or you remember back then when you found out and you tell us you weren't scared, I'm just 
going to call you and say you're lying because that's right. just impossible. You there, There's always a level of fear with that. And we even talked about that in the first week. And so curious to know what advice you would give a new dad. And then also, um, it's two-parted, um, what advice would you give a new minister, new pastor, um, mm-hmm. just getting into ministry? And, and you know, I they gave me this church or they gave me this ministry to oversee. And I you know, I feel good about it, but I'm scared because there's there's a level of fear in doing that too. So just curious, what advice would you give, you know, both scenarios uh, just from your own experience? Okay. There may be some similarities or, or mm-hmm. uh, lead over into that. Um, I actually think that the advice that I would give the new dad is uh, to um, spend time observing their children. Uh, the, uh, There's a verse in Proverbs that everybody seems to know and quote that train up a child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. And I, and I honestly think we've misunderstood uh, that verse. I think at least let me put it this way in my upbringing and my background, when we quoted that verse, basically what we were meaning to say by it is if you make sure your kids go to Sunday school and church, you know, you keep them in the house of God and, and let them learn Bible verses and stuff. Uh, they may get away from it and sow some wild oats, but eventually they'll come back. You know, that's, <laughs> but your job is to make sure that they're, they're going to church or they're going to Sunday school or whatever. And, and I honestly don't think that had anything to do with what Solomon was saying in, <laughs> in that passage. Uh, and without, you know, going into, you know, a, a long explanation of it, it the, the verse, as I understand it, really was referring to the fact that each child has their own individual bent, what I would call a bent. They come out of the womb with that, uh, that God has wired them a certain way and given them certain gifts. And you can't say to your, as every parent has done in a moment of frustration, you can't say, why can't you be like your brother? You know, (laughs) well, because he's not his brother and, and they are different as night and day. And so, uh, so you need to, as a parent, you need to observe those children to discern and understand what their bent is, what God has done in their life, even at a young age, what he's wired, how he's wired them or whatever, so that you can train them in that way, in the way they should go individually. Um, and, and as you, um, help them in the, you discover their strengths and you guide them to uh, activities and eventually occupations that would utilize those gifts, uh, they've got a leg up in, on life. You know, I mean, they're, they're ahead of the game when they've, because so many of us, as you mentioned, even there, so many of us are still trying to figure ourselves out in our 20s or whatever. But when, when a parent can recognize uh, 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 how a, a child is gifted, instead of the proverbial father who's trying to live vicariously through his son, you know, the dad wanted to be a quarterback. And so his son, by God, is going to be a quarterback. Oh yeah. No, that's, (laughs) that's not, that's the exact opposite of what we ought to be doing as parents. We need to see how they're shaped, how they're wired, and then lead them and guide them and give them the advantage of, of uh, help in that particular area. And so if there is a a crossover or similarity with, uh, with the, the pastor who's just begun or the young man who's just starting in ministry, um, it would probably be that to, you know, to discover your gifts. If you don't already know them, find out who you are. Don't try to be somebody else, you know, be the best you that you can be. 
and uh, I think I think that would help a lot. Most most young guys. Again, I grew up in a very legalistic Pentecostal denomination many years ago, but back then, at least, uh, most of the young guys that I saw were really trying to be someone that they admired. You know, they were trying mm-hmm. to preach like someone they admired or do it, you know, little idiosyncrasies that they picked up from that person instead oh, yeah. of just being themselves. And so mm-hmm. that would be my advice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Pastor Jerry, I, again, uh, just want to thank you because this has been <laughs> a treat for me um, no to, I've sat and listened to you um, many times and even still to this day, we'll pull up um, YouTube videos and other things just to, to gleam and, and, and some of it's reminiscing because I miss Chicago and I miss my Cubs <laughs> and I miss my Bears, but um, and I miss CL, my CLC family, of, of course, and, and um, sometimes social media just isn't enough to um, stay connected, um, but um, this has been a real um, just treat for me because it, it's, it's an impartation, and I've said this after every episode and recording that... Um, this has been just as much for me as it is for everybody else who hears it because um, I have such a joy talking to the younger dads who with their younger children are just starting out. And I remember those days and I'm kind of in between uh, both episodes, you know, the first two and these two that I'm doing um, where I, you know, I'm, I'm entering into adult children, but I still am trying to hold on to some of the teenage years and, um, and it's a transition point. And, you know, there's, you know, I said this uh, two episodes ago, but I can't remember a time that I sat down and just talked to the guys about being a dad. You know, we can talk about football. We can talk about, you know, politics and everything else under the sun, but do we ever, you know, just get together and and talk about being a dad? And so I think this series is um, something that has helped that. Um, And so again, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, And I do want to ask one last question, um, just as a um, something we did last last episode, and it just really stuck with me to do it again. Um, And you talk about learning as you go. Um, But I, I would love to for you to pray uh, for, for dads, whether they're new dads, seasoned dads, not knowing if they ever want to be a dad, um, or even spiritual fathers, um, just a prayer for them, um, in not just these times, but I think all times, um, you know, we always seem to somewhat trivialize Father's Day, or, you know, we don't seem to get much, uh, to do for the dads, but Mm -hmm. I think every day there should be some prayer, there should be some thought, there should be some some care and um, unity for dads. And so sure. just would ask if you would just pray us out and then uh, we'll close this episode out. My pleasure. Lord, I do thank you for every dad who is listening to the podcast today. Um, besides the, the fears and the uh, realization that, that we don't have all the answers when it comes to our children, there's the added weight of responsibility knowing that uh, as as fathers, that we are the reflection of you, our Heavenly Father, in the home. And that oftentimes our children's response to, to you, Lord, is based on what they see in us. And so I, I pray today that, uh, that every father, every dad listening to this podcast would just be able to uh, surrender that into your hands. Lord, we 
we know that uh, we can't do everything. We know that, that we can't do everything well. But I pray that you would help us to do what we can, to do what you've called us to do with our children, to love them, to love their mother, and, uh, and to put you first in all things. And I pray that with confidence and with faith that you are at work in their lives, even when they don't see it, Lord, that you are at work in their lives to lead their children truly in the way that they should go. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Um, want to thank you again, Pastor Jerry. I want to thank um, everybody who's listening that you continue to roll with us yet another week. Um, and, um, you know, when we just want to um, just again, praying that the series has been a blessing to you. And so we'll, we're going to be back next week um, as we close out this series. And then um, whether you're on Instagram, Facebook, make sure to follow us, subscribe again. Um, this has been a Vantage Point podcast. We thank you guys again, and we'll see you around next week. Thank you.